Welcome to the Cover or Not podcast. Here on Cover or Not, we take in sports news stories and turn them into bets. It's as simple as that. Welcome to Cover or Not. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to a special edition of the Cover or Not podcast. Tonight, we are going to be exclusively covering the NBA. The draft is going on live as we speak, and the Cover or Not podcast is live at the draft in Madison Square Garden. Jason Sikorsky, my co-host. Buddy, how's the weather up there in NYC? Oh, man. It's blizzard out here. All the all the snow. This is why I moved away from up north. Uh, thank God. I live down south. Finally, um, ready to talk basketball, buddy. Oh wait, it's a isn't it's 2020. It's a there's a global pandemic. The draft isn't oh yeah happening in Madison Square Garden, is it? It's 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 all no. virtual. Everybody's at their own home. I yeah I believe that is correct, Jay. Yes. Oh, I guess we're coming to you from Myrtle Beach, like always. Anyways, uh, let's I'm actually get into in it. my bedroom. I'm in my bedroom. Oh yeah, so, me too. Yeah, we gotta be safe. If but honestly, we'd probably be at Madison Square Garden. We're that good. All right, guys. Today we're going to be talking obviously basketball, big Sixers trade. Uh, we're going to talk about Bogdanovich not going to Milwaukee after all. Talking about the draft. Uh, big show. Are you ready, Jay? Yeah, man. Super excited. All right, Jay. Let's start off quick. The first round of the NBA draft just completed. Uh, tell me your biggest winner so far of the first round. Ooh, lots, lots, lots of good candidates here. I like the Pistons draft so far a lot. They've made some trades up. I really like their first selection of Killian Hayes. I think that is going to be a perfect fit to pair him with Blake Griffin and uh, see if they can sort of hit the hit the gas pedal on that rebuild. But truthfully, when I look at the draft, I see one winner in particular, and uh, that has to be the Cleveland Cavaliers getting Isaac Okoro at pick five. Uh, really good positional fit for the Cavs. They've already got Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland in the backcourt. They really just needed that kind of, truthfully, a small forward that can kind of plug and play, maybe play some minutes at the four, maybe play some minutes at the two. I think Isaac Okoro is a perfect fit for what the Cavs are trying to do. Absolutely. I agree with you. Going along with you know Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, I think Kevin Love might be be getting traded very soon. Uh, I think they have a young core in place, and I really like uh, the growth potential. I really love that. My, I'm looking around. I do love the Pistons are doing great so far tonight. I'm I'm a big fan so far. I like Cole Anthony in Orlando. I think he has a good great chance of, you know, living up to his potential. He's gonna get uh, to play right away. That's for sure. Absolutely. I'm a big Villanova fan. Sadiq Bey going to Detroit at 19 is a great value pick. He is a killer three-point shooter. I think that the sky is the limit there. I think that he they traded Luke Kennard tonight, so he will be in the starting five, I believe. Maybe a, a, a bigger shooting guard type of player. I love Tyreek Maxey uh, out of Kentucky for my Philadelphia 76ers. Kind of an off-guard type shooter. It's not a great three-point shooter. About 29-30% from three, but he shoots very well from mid-range. I really like that, especially with Al Horford out of town. Thank God. Uh, I really think that he'll open up lanes for Ben Simmons and Joel especially. And then the last pick of the draft, I was very big on Desmond Bain. 
not too many players come out of TCU. I really like his 3 and D potential. Uh, great shooter. I really think that he fits the culture of what Memphis is trying to achieve, especially with John Morant. Uh, John Morant needs shooters around him. I really think that the sky is the limit with that team as well. Jay, give me your worst pick of the draft so far. This is one I am struggling on. My hometown Wizards did something that I'm not a fan of, and that's taking another uh, foreign guy. We just got Rui Hachimura last year. We've had players in the past like Jan Vesely not pan out. These overseas kind of guys, I know Luka Doncic is taking the world by storm, but those guys come along once once every 20 years or so. You know, Dirk Nowitzki, um, Luka Doncic, and now they're thinking, I guess, this uh, Denny Avdija, Avdija, however you say it, from Israel, is going to be that guy. And the reports on him look really good. I just, I just don't think that Washington is a fit for his skill set. I think we still need to tear down the whole thing and, and bring it back anew before we can really focus on. I, I would have liked to seen someone like the guy that went right after him, Jalen Smith, at least take take the hometown guy. You know, he went to Maryland, um, played for the Terps. Just those kind of stories always seem to resonate a little better. The hometown guy is going to show out. So I'm going to go with Jay. my own Wizards as the loser. Jay, I have to wear some breaking news. Are you ready for another trade? Another one. Another one. Let's get it. Mavs are sending Seth Curry to the 76ers for Josh Richardson and the 36th pick. Seth Curry will be reuniting with his father. Father-in-law. Wow. Either or. Yeah, it's, it sucks either way. That's breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. My instant, instant re- yo, I was going to say my instant reaction to that is I think Josh Richardson is a better player than Seth Curry. So why are you Agreed. sending back Josh Richardson and a pick? You know, I, I agree. Might as well go uh, get Austin Rivers while you're at it, right? <laughs> well, absolutely. I think from a, from a fan standpoint, they're trying to clear cap. So Josh Richardson has $10.8 million and $11.6 as a player option left on his contract. Seth Curry has $7.8, $8.2, and $8.5 left. So, you know, longer contract overall, but, you know, smaller numbers in general. Um I, you know, I agree with you. I really don't understand that, but they're just trying to save some salary. Meaning, you just got rid of Al Horford, which saved us $12 million off the cap hit. I really think that a Zach Levine could be coming uh, rather shortly to the 76ers, which I think, I don't know how much of a difference maker that would be, but I don't know. It's very interesting. Um, my loser of the first round... I know we're we're talking. I loved your pick as well. I'm with. I don't know how I feel about the European European players either. They're very. You really don't know what you're getting until they start playing. It's a real crapshoot, man. It's 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 a toss up as to whether you. I mean, there was a lot of proven proven talent there. I mean, I know that the the John Wall trade rumors are swirling. Why not go out and get a Tyrese Halliburton? Why not go right. out and get? I even wouldn't have minded the sharpshooter Aaron Neesmith from Vanderbilt. Right. Um, he uh. Great emotional interview after he got drafted. Um, you know, just every day coming in, you know, trying to trying to earn myself from the second I walk in through the door and just, you know, instill that hard work that I've always had in my life and just continue moving forward. 
I'm going to be real. I really hate the Lamella ball to the Charlotte. And not because it's not a good fit. Uh, they need. I really just, you know, I don't think he's going to be that great. I think that he, you know, he's just a flashy point guard. You know, he needs a clear lane. And I think that his shot has is a lot to be desired. It, a lot like his uh, brother's shot, uh, Lonzo, and it's slow and it's very blockable. And he he relies on open lanes to do layups and the fancy uh, dunks. And that's not what the NBA is. So he's going to need to learn how to shoot. It's kind of like Ben Simmons. Like you're only you're limited by his skill set. And for three, I think there could have been better value there at three. I just think and, they had other needs. I think uh, right. Onyeka Okongwu would have been a much better fit for them. For sure. It's a big, for sure. big man center. And, and, right. And I think you're pretty much giving up on Malik Monk. Because a few years ago, they were like, oh, yeah, another great Kentucky guard. I really would have loved him seeing like more of a role there. And I really think they're giving up and putting all their eggs in uh, LaMelo Ball. Plus, you have to deal with his father. That's a whole nother um element to this uh michael jordan is the owner and you and me have talked extensively about michael jordan not the best nba owner uh the news is that he is keen on getting russell westbrook to charlotte which i don't know how that's possible we went over this yesterday you'd probably have to get rid of bismack biombo uh terry rogier they said they are not dealing the third pick they would obviously have to trade Lamelo now uh, it doesn't make much sense. So from that standpoint, I think they could have. I we talked about last week in the show. Russell Westbrook doesn't add much to the team. But w- what would you rather have, Russell Westbrook or Lamelo Ball? And I really think they chose the wrong uh, direction there. Speaking of Russell Westbrook, I want to. Uh, talk a little Russell Westbrook just on a theory that I had pop up actually on the car ride home, um, something we haven't talked about yet. And then I want to kind of revert back to the beginning of the week, and I really want to dive in a little deeper on the Chris Paul trade that sent uh, shockwaves, kind of got the ball rolling for everyone else to start making some trades. So I was thinking on the drive home, uh, Golden State, they had a crappy year, lots of injuries. Clay Thompson may or may not be hurt again. And I thought, what was the best thing for them to do with this number two pick? And the answer was not uh, take a guy with character concerns like James Wiseman. So I got to thinking, you know, the Rockets apparently are trying to blow the whole thing up and they want to go into a rebuild. So mm-hmm. Golden State's got that number two pick. The Rockets could have used that on LaMelo Ball or someone that they thought would be worthy of building a core around getting younger. And... If you're Houston and Golden State calls you up and offers you the number two and maybe a couple of pieces to get either Harden or Westbrook, uh, why wouldn't you take it? I've always uh, considered Clay Thompson with his size at the two to be able to play the three extensively well. He's a very good Mm -hmm. defender, so I think he would be very capable of defending guys who may be a little bit bigger than him uh, playing the three. So I think that a a backcourt, you know, say you put Russ... Uh, headstrong, running down, driving in, going to the basket, drawing fouls, or kicking it out to Curry, who's now open because Russ drew the defense in, or kicking it out to Clay, who's hanging out in the corner, or 
you know, kicking it out to Draymond, who's open in the corner because, like I said, Russ is driving to the hoop and he's he's making the defense converge on him. I just, I again, character concerns with the Warriors. How would Russell and Draymond play together um, with those two egos? But it just it, it seems like a great a great fit, a great possibility uh, to me. I think Steph Curry would have a, a killer year, um, just being able to kind of defer and just sit back and launch threes all year. All right. No, I agree with that. I, I was, uh, you know, so the comparison of James Wiseman's uh, taller Chris Bosh, which I think is very unfair because Chris Bosh and James Wiseman, I think, play totally different. I think Wiseman's more of a post-up player when um, Chris Bosh is a more space-the-floor type of four power forward who could shoot from long and mid-range. Uh, I agree. He played three games at Memphis, had the character issue, ultimately was ruled ineligible uh yeah and golden state took a flyer on that he might he might be the best player in the draft uh that is to be seen um i'm with you i think draymond green is a very hard teammate to get along with obviously kevin durant your boy kevin durant and him had some uh heated moments from time to time i love your logic there uh i know you wanted to talk about the chris paul trade I'll start with that. I, from, like we said last week, from a fan standpoint, it's great. You got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, the whole pick and roll system. It should be phenomenal. Um, I'm trying to look at if they drafted anybody tonight. Yeah, they got Jalen Smith uh, from Maryland, so a power forward. Um, that's shaping up to be pretty a uh, pretty improved roster. I know that I saw Devin Booker and. Chris Paul working on their game already. Uh, I really, I don't think, I think they're going to be a sixth, a fifth as a ceiling in the West. Uh, and that's pretty good in the Western Conference. They'd probably be like second or third in the East. Uh, I really think that it makes them a lot better team. You're right. I think that was the first domino that fell. And then uh, Milwaukee tried to uh, replicate that um, in several ways, which we'll talk about that as well uh, I love it I, I, I'm happy for Chris Paul he's ultimately not going to win a championship but uh, when I think about Chris Paul I think of someone that changed the game of basketball for my generation so he's going to be grooming Devin Booker uh, and DeAndre Ayton DeAndre Ayton is a has a lot of potential I don't think he was given uh, the best point guard with Ricky Rubio. Now I think Ricky Rubio just got traded back to Minnesota. Uh, good for him. But I really love Chris Paul. Um, Jay, what's your what's your thoughts on Chris Paul? Chris Paul going to the Suns with DeAndre Ayton. All I can say is Lob City is back, baby. Uh, I'm really excited to see how they play together. It just seems like anywhere Chris Paul goes, it's sort of. Uh, turns to gold. I know he had uh, sort of a rough stint there in Houston, but I think that speaks more to the character of James Harden, uh, which hopefully we'll touch on later about the possibility of him going to the Nets. I do not put any of the blame on the Rockets' faults on Chris Paul. Yeah, he got banged up a couple of times going into the playoffs when they thought they were going to exceed. But the big point for me in talking about the Chris Paul trade is the Thunders aspect of it. They are trying so hard to tank and rebuild and be bad, and they just can't do it. Billy Donovan got canned for being too good 
for winning too many games, for getting his team to the playoffs. I believe that, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Um, to take on Ricky Rubio and then move him over to Minnesota, great move. They took back Kelly Oubre, a couple of picks. Uh, Kelly Oubre was a wizard for a while. I love Kelly Oubre. I think he's got a real chance to be the star of the rebuild. As long as Steven Adams is in town, uh, that team's going to compete for a playoff spot. That guy just fights and pushes hard. And good Lord, man, this this guy that's taken over for the Thunder, he's got the, the entire world in his hands. What do they got now? 17, 18 first-round picks between now and 2027? Yes. 17 so, 17 they're either gonna have to like cycle through their entire roster twice with all these first round picks or they're eventually they're gonna dump them all off and 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 form a big three of their own and that's something that i'm super excited for so i'll be paying close close attention to the thunder in the upcoming years uh, hopefully they can be as bad as they are trying to be because i think it's clear to you to me to everybody that the thunder are trying their hardest to be bad and it's just not working right uh, I really think, though, that Sam Presti is one of the top-notch GMs in this league, and I really think that he has a plan in place, uh, kind of like the process, my uh, 76ers process. Uh, wish him the best. Don't have anything bad to say about OKC. Uh, something that is kind of negative would be this whole Houston situation. Uh, in my personal opinion, I believe that Houston has all the leverage, um, James Harden, who knows who knows what is really said. A lot of it's hearsay. He says he wants to go play for the Nets, according to reports. If I'm Houston, I'm holding on to him as long as possible. You'll offer him a two-year, $103 million contract extension. You turn it down. I do not know what else they can do to make that situation better. Uh, the Nets clearly don't have enough to give away uh, to Houston for for James Harden straight up. They'd have to get rid of Karis LeVert, Spencer Didwitty, uh, maybe even Joe Harris in a sign-and-trade. I don't see that happening. They would have to have a third team in there. And maybe, you know, who knows? I believe there probably is a third team in there that you would have to send a three- to four-star player back to Houston in return for James Harden. So it's it's going to be very complex and interesting. And like we talked about with, with Russell Westbrook, that guy has no leverage. I'm over it. I'm over it. Um, I'm surprised he wasn't traded tonight, to be honest. Me too. And I think it's coming, though. I think it's coming. Yeah. And like we, like we talked about at work, uh, the only player in the league that he can get traded straight up for and cash would be okay would be to your washington wizard hey man whatever Which is phenomenal. whatever helps us uh tank and rebuild and get a, and get a draft pick high enough to not have to select some guy from overseas would be just fine by me yeah i'm with you um next we're going to be talking about milwaukee uh, I knew you have some strong feelings for Milwaukee. I'll let you start off with that. Man, all the eggs are in one basket. They're doing everything that they can to try to get Giannis to stay. Um, going out and getting Drew Holiday uh, for an extensive amount of picks. Um, Which was three first-round picks and two swaps. Yeah, three first-rounders and two swaps. And 
I I love Jake. I love Drew Holiday. He's got a great game. He's very above average, but I don't think above average is going to be good enough to keep um, Giannis around. And I don't know if maybe there was some cap concerns that I didn't really look into, but I would think that offering three first rounders and a couple of pick swaps plus uh, George Hill and Eric Bledsoe. Uh, would be able to net you more than Drew Holiday. So to me, that just screams that no other stars really want to go to Wisconsin. I guess they don't like uh, a good old Milwaukee's best and a slice of cheese. Well, you know it's a small market team, which which is half the battle. Um, I'm with you. I don't, you know, so you. Well, we talked about Drew Holiday a couple of weeks ago. He gives you about 19-6-5, and five, okay? Decent numbers. But like you said, how much is that going to move the needle and keep Giannis? So you give up George Hill and Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe plays about 27 minutes a game, about 15 points, four rebounds, five assists. Okay. You look up George Hill. George Hill. He averages... He's 34 years old. He averages... 21 and a half minutes per game, 9.4 points per game, three rebounds, three assists. So that equals about 24 points a game. Uh, you know, again, I'm with you. I think that I actually like to trade more for New Orleans. New Orleans has six first round picks now um, in the next upcoming few years. So, you know, on average, two, uh, two uh, in the first round, which is good. Uh, I really like it from a New Orleans standpoint. Milwaukee, they tried to pair it up with uh, trading for a signing trade with Bogdan Bonvanovich from the Sacramento Kings, and which actually fell through today. But they would have gotten rid of DJ Wilson, my boy Dante DiVincenzo, and they wouldn't have had a bench. Oh, and they also got rid of Irsan Ilyasova, which is a great, reliable power forward in this league. And he's relatively cheap. I feel like he's been around I for d- like 25 years, man. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, he re- he really has. But that's the thing with Europeans. You know, they, they play forever. Um, I think they, they're better without the Bogdanovich um, acquisition. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, Bogdanovich is a restricted free agent and can sign. They have to, obviously, uh, the Kings can match. Uh, the potential trade sheet or offer. Uh, that will be interesting, but he'd rather test the market than go to Milwaukee. Can I just jump in with some, some uh, just a real-time take on the Wizards' second-round pick? Sure. We just picked number yeah. 37. Number 37 overall, and we just took the guy who was the 27th-ranked point guard, the 97th-overall-ranked draft player. The ESPN doesn't even have like a pre-draft analysis on this guy. His name is Vit Krejci from the Czech Republic. He's nice. He's six. He's a six foot eight point guard. He is one hundred and sixty seven pounds. This guy's this guy's gonna get blown away in the wind before he makes it to our team. Can you can you find out whether or not he's coming over or not? I would say that, that would very doubtful. Probably to stash away for a couple years. Okay, well, here's here's some news from Adrian Wojnarowski. Krejci is on the move to Oklahoma City. Oh, thank God. So, there you go. I'm more intrigued with the San Antonio pick. They just picked 
Duke guard Trey Jones at number 41. I really like that. Um, Trey Jones is, you know, a point guard at Duke. What, <laughs> what more can you say about that? He has a lot of potential. He did not come to fruition at Duke, but I really do like his value at 41. I'm still perplexed by this whole Josh Richardson trade. It looks like Daryl Morey of the Sixers is just making up for Elton Brand's mistakes uh, with the cap. Uh, we still have Tobias Harris that we need to take care of, who makes five years 180, so over 30 million a year. Um, I like the Landry Schmidt trade uh, for Brooklyn earlier. They trade uh, Detroit. It was a three-way trade. Uh, the pick went to. Detroit and they got Sadiq Bay, Landry Shamit went to the Brooklyn Nets and Luke Kennard uh, went to the Clippers which he was the 8th pick from Duke a few years ago. I met Landry, Landry Shamet. he's a great guy, nice guy, uh, great shooter. Think about it this way, he's played with Kevin Durant, well he's about to play with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, he's played with Joel Embiid, he's played with Ben Simmons. He's played with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, that was brought to my attention earlier today. And I really think that Landry Schmidt is a great value player. Uh, he could be a starter on most teams. I really think that uh, if the Nets wanted to package him along with Karis LeVert, Spencer Didwitty, and if they can get a sign and trade with Harris, that would possibly be enough to get James Harden. I like it. I like it. Back to James Harden, man. I just really don't. Can you imagine that him and Kyrie and Kevin Durant, all three of those egos on the same team? I mean, they already, Kyrie and Kevin Durant said they already don't even have a coach, even though Steve Nash is the coach. Like, what can what can Harden do when he gets there? And I know that we said last year that things with him and Russ were going to be tough, tough to do. And they, they worked out okay. You know, they got to the playoffs. They were still. You know, their problem was they sold off all their big pieces and try to play with uh, they try to play midget ball with with five guys on the floor under six, five. That wasn't happening. But I just I, I didn't really get my take in on 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 the Nets and James Harden. I don't think if you trade James Harden to the Nets, I think that the Nets are going to be worse than they were without him. Because right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think you got just the perfect balance of pieces right now. I don't know how Kyrie and Kevin Durant are going to play together, but at least they're—it's not like they're two guards sharing the backcourt. You know, KD has his thing in the front court. Kyrie's got his thing going on in the backcourt. I think that translates over really well. But right, there's their other pieces: well, you- Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris. Like you said, they—they they have the pieces there already to really make some noise if they just leave the damn thing alone. Like, don't right. don't entice James Harden. Don't. Don't even entertain that thought. And like a big three rarely works. You saw Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett. They only got one. You saw LeBron, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. They only got two. And they were supposed to get five, six, seven, you know? I mean, you, you kind of got to assemble around. Like I wouldn't necessarily call Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Tim Duncan a big three. Uh, they just made it work, and they made it happen. And that's what made them so successful, everybody. Like we've said on this uh, podcast before. They just know their roles. And I don't think that you can have three guys on one team that are playing the same role, which is superstar ball handler, go get you some buckets. Right. And, you know, 
obviously you want to get Kevin Durant the ball as much as possible. Uh, when healthy, he is arguably the best player in the NBA. And I, you're right. James Harden needs the ball a lot. He, he was frankly just with Russell Westbrook and didn't get the ball enough. Uh, I do think Kyrie Irving is a major pain in the balls in terms of a teammate. And I, well, I'm with you, Jay. I think the chemistry would totally not mesh. And they, like you said, if they stand pat with what they have already, they're probably a top three team in the East. Uh, let's foreshadow. Let's say they, they're in the playoffs. Let's say they, they beat whoever. Let's say six Orlando Magic, maybe. Uh, who knows? Let's say they're, they're going to beat Orlando, teams like that. They they go on, they play Milwaukee. I definitely think that they have enough, especially with Karis LeVert. He's a great defender. They have size. They have uh, wing. It's like they have wing presence. They have Joe Harris. Well, the, I think well Joe Harris is going to resign. Uh, I shouldn't I shouldn't assume that though. Um, I definitely think they can take down a Milwaukee. They might end up playing my 76ers because, again, I think Doc Rivers puts the Sixers into the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they can do it without James Harden, but uh, that is to be seen. I'm looking at the right. I'm looking at the rest of the draft right now. Um, I'm happy for you. You lost your European player. <laughs> you want to uh, sound like you want to run a couple of cover knots. Um... Back and yeah. forth, Let's, since does it cover sure. or not? I'll start. Sure. I want to know from you, cover or not, uh, the Detroit Pistons as currently constructed, considering their, uh, I think it's three first-round picks they've made the, tonight. Uh, cover or not, the Detroit Pistons will make the playoffs in a weak Eastern Conference. Let's, let's look at it. All right, so... It would have well. Apparently, they're they're talking about expanding the current uh, playoff implications. So it would be a larger group. I know that when healthy, Blake Griffin uh, does very well in that team. They come close every year. I I would have to imagine that Blake Griffin would be healthy throughout uh, the season. Uh, I'm gonna say cover. I like them. I only like them as an eighth seed though. Um, teams I really don't think that teams got a lot better throughout the draft this year this draft is very indecisive on who you know who got better who not there was not many picks are like oh wow you know they're good um, I would like to cover that though I would say they're an eighth uh, maybe a seventh seed in the in the lonely eastern conference I 100% My agree right my cover or not for you let's see I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a western conference team with Anthony Edwards Leonardo Balmero and Jaden McDaniels does that make Minnesota now they were they had the first pick in the draft they only won 19 games do they come close to making the playoffs cover or not I just had this discussion with a uh close friend of mine and he would have said cover but I'm going to say they will not cover I don't know what is in the water in Minnesota but it does not translate to success Uh, they've had Cat they've had Andrew Wiggins they've had 
uh, a litany of, of people of players that we think are, are so talented and, and put up some stats sometimes and they just I don't want to put it on the ownership I don't want to put it on Ryan Saunders but something is not working for them um, out there the the fact that they that Ryan Saunders coached that team all last year and, and led him to 19 wins and he didn't get canned is just absurd to me considering what they had which was Andrew Wiggins for half a year and D'Angelo Russell for another half of the year so if you and don't forget about Cat, yeah, and yeah. So if you look at them on paper, you know you'd think they should. When they got Rubio, they've got D'Angelo Russell. Right. They're probably going to slot Anthony Edwards in at the three. They've got Cat at the five, and I believe they still have uh, Gorgie Jang playing the four. Not that he's uh, anything to write home about, but you would think that the Timberwolves could get it together and at least compete for the eight seed. Uh, I just think that the West is is too too tough considering that the Portland Trailblazers didn't even make the playoffs last year. And they've got Dame and CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic and, and even Hassan Whiteside out there. So I'm going to say no cover on that one. I'm going to stick with you, Jay. Cover not, James Harden gets traded. I would say cover... I don't think it'll be I can't even say that I don't think it'll be to the Nets because in today's day and age players the players rule the world. I know you said that that Houston has all the leverage and they certainly do. He's got 2 years left on his contract. But I think eventually it, it'll come to the point where James Harden just says, "You know what? If you don't get me to the Nets, then I'm not going to play for you." Kind of like how Anthony Davis did. If you don't get me to the Lakers, I'm not going to play for you. So I think that as in some way, shape, or form, it's going to work out. They're going to send them there. And I think that the Nets will end up going home uh, prior to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. So I'm going to say cover on James Harden gets traded and specifically to the Nets because I don't think he's going to accept a deal anywhere else. I don't know. I That intrigues me. I don't know if he's going to get traded. I think Russell Westbrook will. I think that... His culture has uh, kind of ruined. I don't think uh, our boy Steven Silas is going to put up with it. I really think that they would be doing him a favor by allowing Russell Westbrook to leave. I don't, you know, you'd probably get a pretty decent package for Russell Westbrook, but I don't know. His It's just he's not a culture guy. And if you trade him to, you know, Charlotte, you would at least be getting a center and Bismack Biombo back. Uh, who knows? Maybe Lamelo Ball. Who I even know Michael Jordan likes him. Terry Rozier and Malik Monk, uh, and maybe Miles Bridges. So there, I mean, there's some young talent that you can build a culture around if he gets at least gets uh, traded to Charlotte. Um, All right, I'll give you one. Uh, sure. Cover or not, with the Raptors taking Malachi Flynn at number 29, and I don't see a pending trade here. Uh, that signals the end of the Fred Van Vliet era. So cover or not, Fred Van Vliet will be on a new team by the start of cover. That that might be the easiest cover of the night. Uh, look, you know, looking at, and then this changes with the, the Tyrese Maxey uh, deal with the Sixers. I really like Vliet as an option for any team that's on the verge of going to the playoffs. Uh, I think he puts them into the playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference. He is a great ball manager, meaning like he's a you know a floor general. 
Uh, not he's not going to put up the amount of points that you know maybe a Ben Simmons would, or a Drew Holiday, or a Damian Lillard. But he definitely he's going to put you in contention to win games. Uh, that is valuable in today's NBA. I think he'll get at least fifteen million a year, uh, especially in Toronto. He, he, I think that now that his value is out there, he's been in the playoffs the last few years. The spotlight's on him. I definitely see a team maybe like Orlando or Indiana throwing, "Hey, you know, Fred, come come to our team. We'll give you fifteen a year, a few years, and see where that goes." I definitely think that he is on the outs of Toronto. Especially since the whole COVID situation where they might not be able to play in Toronto. It might be a good time transition. You know where I think would be great for Fred Van Vliet? Miami. If they could somehow get rid of Goran Dragic, I think he would fit in so good with them. I definitely agree. He plays defense and he's a culture guy. So I really like that. Uh, We are The draft is almost over. Let me check on that real quick. While you're doing that, yeah, I just you. want to bring up uh, a guy that I thought very high lo- highly of, Udoka Azubuki from Kansas, uh, slipped all the way down oh, yeah. to 27 to the Jazz. And I just want to talk about that really surprised me sure. to see them taking a guy to come in behind Rudy Gobert, um, one of the great defenders in this league. So I think that that symbols that this is, this, this is Spider's team. This is Donovan Mitchell's team. They're going to... They're gonna hand him the ropes. They're not gonna to want to pay Gobert. They already sort of they already absorbed some of that money with uh, taking on Mike Conley. Um, so I think that that uh, it, it gives them a, it's a great move for the Jazz because it gives them a couple years to really uh, work work on Azubuki. I know he's he's unpolished, um, and so I think that they're gonna let use Rudy Gobert to sort of get him a little more polished, get him ready, and then they're gonna. They're going to give Rudy Gobert the boot. I'm with you, especially he's the COVID starter. He, this, he was the first player exposed. So uh, I know that him, like you said, it's Spider's team. They've had uh, some beef in the past. I definitely think that they have to explore that. I love the trade. Or not trade, the pick. Uh, yeah, he's tenacious. He rebounds the ball well. He defends the rim. Not a great scorer. Uh, however, he is a he in the game end of the game. He's he's intense. Uh, I watched him play a lot. Uh, Kansas is on TV a lot. I love his game. I'm with you, Jay. That's a great pick. Uh, let's you know. I know we do. We're cover not. We're going to talk about cover lines and all that. We have to do our football picks of the week. Jay, would you like to go first this week? Yeah, I will give you uh, my upset of the week. I'm going to take your Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Browns. I think that the Browns are due for a Brown game. And I think that after a loss to the Giants, that really sort of gave the Eagles this realization that maybe this division isn't theirs to win after all. Uh, right. I just I, I think that Doug Peterson is is good for lighting a fire under that team when the fire needs to be lit and that fire definitely needs to be lit now so i look for the eagles to have a really good game on sunday and i will take them as my upset yeah the line there is three and a half points the browns are giving up miles garrett is on the covid list as as well as cody parkey 
uh, and some other no-name player. Uh, I don't disagree with your logic. Like I said last week, I'm done with the Browns. However, I do not think Doug Peterson is that guy uh, who's going to light that spark. I really think it's Brandon Graham, the same guy that stripped Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, having his best year for the Eagles. Uh, it's very quite concern. It's very concerning as an Eagles fan to watch this team from a leadership perspective. Uh, you get rid of Malcolm Jenkins. I get it. You, you can't really afford him, and he wanted to raise. It's okay. But what's going to make things happen in Philadelphia? Carson Wentz is playing the same way. Nothing's changed. Doug Peterson is content with his play calling. Obviously, it's not working out. There's a lot to be desired as an Eagles fan. But I do agree with your pick. My upset of the week, uh, I am going to pick the Dirty Birds, the Falcons. The Dirty Birds are not my Philadelphia Eagles to upset the 7-2 and two Saints who are getting a generous, in my opinion, generous uh, five points. Jameis Winston, uh, we got to assume, will be the starter. Of course, he throws a lot of touchdowns. He's going to throw a lot of interceptions. I think the Falcons, uh, they're playing a lot better since moving on from Dan Quinn. I really like the Falcons to upset the Saints, who are playing at home. doesn't mean much with the COVID season, uh, but I like the Falcons to upset. And then my lock of the week. I'm going to, you know, last week was a, I didn't have as great of a week. I am going to pick, uh, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm going <laughs> to Oh, God, I hate doing this. I want to pick the 9-0 Steelers, 10 points. I'm, I'm pretty much picking the, the spread on this one to cover over the 1-8 Jaguars. You asked me last week about Jake Lawton. I think they played a lot better. I think uh, their special teams had a lot to do with the, the score in that one. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think that the Steelers are not going to lay this game off. They should win by a few touchdowns, in my opinion. And it's an early 1 o'clock game. It will be over very early. I just wanted to mention a big prop uh, bet that I saw earlier for the Falcons-Saints game. Jameis Winston is plus 900 to throw a pick six. And I am strongly considering uh, putting down some cash on that because I think that's a very good, very good value bet considering James hasn't seen a lot of action recently. I'm not sure the status of Michael Thomas and um, he's playing. He's not that the Falcons are, are, are great at catching the ball on defense or really doing anything on defense, but right. So I'm glad you said that before you give your lock um, please follow up with after this. But so I think Jameis Winston's best option in that offense is Alvin Kamara. Uh, he's going to dump off the ball, a lot of short throws. I really think if the line, I think if a pick six were to occur, I don't think it's going to come in the secondary. I think it's going to come from a linebacker. I know Atlanta has some very athletic linebackers. Um, yeah, I, I like that bet a lot. Uh, so if it's 900 odds, you can make potentially a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. I would go my lock of the week. I really wanted to jump in and, and, and take my football skins. I saw what Alex Smith did last week. He looks back to normal. Uh, he did not throw a touchdown, but he did throw for 390 yards. The Bengals secondary is awful. Um, so I think that one, I, I want to say, 
I definitely think it's a lock, but it's not going to be the lock that I choose. My lock of the week. I am going to take uh, a, a little pun, a little pun play on words here. I'm going to take not Drew Lock. I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover three points. The Dolphins are on fire. I know that I was upset at the Ryan Fitzpatrick benching, but the Dolphins are just a really good team. They're playing defense. They're making the plays they've got to make. Jordan Howard's running for touchdowns. Miles Gaskins, Matt Breida running for touchdowns. Devontae Parker making snacks. Tua making plays. Drew Locke is injured. Um, the Broncos, they don't want it this year. I'm taking the Dolphins minus three. Yeah, your uh, your boy Ripken should be uh, back at the Broncos' uh, helm as the quarterback. Last time that happened, the Broncos did win the game. They did play the Jets, but they did get the W. I like that, Jay. It's a good pick. Yeah. I want to run down. Do you want to run down some a couple other rapid fire picks? I've seen a couple sure. that I wanted to do. Um, sure. I'm going to take the football skins to cover one and a half. I'm going to take the Pats to cover minus two against the Texans. I think the hoodie is back. It's fitting because it's coming up on hoodie season. I know it was chilly as hell here in Myrtle Beach. I'm going to take the Lions to cover the Panthers with no uh, no Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater with a bum knee. And I like the Jets to cover the eight and a half. I can't sit here and tell you that they're going to win. I know the Chargers are really good at losing in epic fashion, um, but I really think the Jets can at least cover the eight this week. I like that. Uh, since you covered pro, I am going to do college football. Uh, starting off with your uh, Coastal Carolina. What a shot of clear! What a shot of clear! They stand true! They stand true! We'll fight it till the end! We'll fight it till the end! Prestige be you! Prestige be you! What a bad night school! What a bad night school! With all our might! With all our might! Coastal will always! Coastal will always! Fight! 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 Oh, shut up! I'm going to take Appalachian State to upset 15th ranked Coastal Carolina. Appalachian State is 6-1. The over-under is 48. And Coastal's only given up 5.5 points. I really think that Appalachian State, who had a great last year, could potentially beat Coastal. Coastal hasn't played anybody this year. In my opinion, I think that Appalachian State has a great chance to uh, get the upset there. I'm going to take Clemson over Florida State. Uh, 35 and a half point spread there uh, over and under 63. I definitely like them to cover that. Looking down the line, I have, oh, here's a good game. Indiana, 10th ranked Indiana and Ohio State. I do not like the cover on that one. I think it's uh, Ohio State is giving up 20 and a half points. I think it will be a lot closer than that. Uh, I pick Ohio State to win, win out. But I do not like the spread. Uh, so for all my betters, take Indiana at least to cover the spread. And then finally, I am going to take. Hmm, here's another. Here's another good one. Another Big Ten. I'm going to take Wisconsin seven and a half points over twenty third ranked Northwestern. Jay, I love gave it. Gave me lots of, a lot of about- insight there on college. I didn't even look at the games really that much. I will tell you. I'm not going to touch that coastal spread, uh, but what I am going to, I'm really going to hammer that over. Uh, over 48, coastal is scoring a lot of points, and App State's going to have to score a lot of points to beat us. Nice. Well, you know, 
We'll see. That's the good thing about college football. You'll never know. Yeah. I want to end on one uh, NBA draft note real quick. It looks like there's only about eight picks left to go. Um, but I did want to give an honorable mention to the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are quietly developing the roster with the most entertaining set of names in the NBA. They've got Bam Adebayo. They've got Tyler Hero. And now they have Precious Achua. So they've got uh, Precious Bam Hero going on out there. And uh, I really like that combo of names. So I'm going to take them over the Nets, regardless of whether they get James Harden or not, just because their names are a lot cooler. Hey, that's something uh, to be proud of. I'm, I'm glad you thought about that before someone else could. That's why we have you on to the show. Uh, Jay, I know, like you said last week, you have a comedy appearance coming up. Please tell everyone, remind everyone of that real quick. Next Tuesday, uh, November 24th, it's an open mic night. There's going to be roughly 10 to 12 of us uh, amateur comics going up on stage trying to make you laugh for about five to seven minutes. So... I will be there. It's a competition. They're looking for some crowd participation. So I'm trying to round up uh, everyone that loves me, everyone that hates me, and all the people in between to come out, check me out, laugh at me, whether I'm funny or not. Um, Jason, cover or not, I'm going to blow the field out of the water next Tuesday. Not even a question, brother. You're like the funniest guy I know. Uh, I know we have a lot of support coming your way. The alcoholics are in your corner, brother. We got Let's you. Let's go. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, my name is Jason Sikorsky. I'm with Jay Smith. Shout out to Scott, our producer. Have a great night, everybody, and enjoy sports. <laughs>